save some money. Don't always think that everything's going to be awesome and perfect. You know, the people who are doing okay right now are the people who saved up and uh, prepared in some sense, you know, a relief fund in some way. Uh, this is definitely going to be a recession. So if you do have any kind of capital, now's the time to invest. Um, but a lot of people are hurting uh, just because they weren't able to save up. Um, but you know, I think millennials and younger people in general just don't, they've never had anything like this. Like I've never really had a hardship like this. Like 2018 was nothing compared to this. And uh, I think it's, you know, there's always some kind of good that comes out of this and it's the realization that it can happen and we do need to help each other. It, it sucks that this is such a, a crazy situation because usually in times of trouble like this, people come together and work together, but we literally cannot meet up in person. So the best benefit that comes out of hardship like 9-11 and any other huge disasters is that people come together physically in groups and help each other. But we can't. So it's like a really crazy time. So I, I do, like you said, I miss hugging. I miss hanging out with people, but we'll get back to there. Welcome back to NYC Local Guides. I am your host, Jennifer O'Brien, and I interview New Yorkers from creatives to CEOs and everyone in between. For more NYC resources like ebooks and videos, visit nyclocalguides.com. If you've ever wondered what it takes to be a New Yorker or just want to hear some crazy stories, keep listening. This is a Brooklyn bound two express train. The next stop is. Craig Adams is a minimalist YouTuber who creates cinematic, silent hiking videos and hiking guides. He was one of the first New York City YouTubers I met at a BNH event. He's okay. I give him a five out of ten. <laughs> I joke. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the most creative people I know. Seriously, he's one of the first creatives I followed who started a podcast. He started Wedding Film School. I think he invented the first drone time lapse, drone boomerang, and so much more. Uh, we're going to talk New York City minimalism, what it's like for him having his YouTube hacked recently, and what it's like to be creative in quarantine. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, wow. It's been some time since we've hung out, but it's nice to be able to chat just on the phone like this. I guess that's one good thing out of quarantine. Everyone's doing podcasts, right? I agree. This is a, such a weird time. And I wish that we could all see each other because we were just saying we're we're also close in Brooklyn. So many YouTubers are in Brooklyn, but we can't even hang out. It's a weird time. Um, but yeah, this is a great time for podcasts. Great time for audio catch up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's dive right into it. Do you consider yourself a New Yorker? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I've lived in the state of New York all my life. So I would consider myself a New York stater even before I'm a New York City person, just because I grew up upstate in Rochester. But I've been here for like, what, six, seven years. So yeah, I'm a New Yorker for sure. That's awesome. I love that. And how do you define a New Yorker? Some people go by years. I like to say it's a lot more about the experiences. Um, what do you consider a New Yorker? Someone who feels comfortable in the community and gives back to it in some way. I like that. No, I think that's a really unique way of looking at it. How else can you give us more of like, what do you mean by give back? 
yeah, if you visit somewhere, like if I go to Spain, if I hang out in the city for a little bit, like I might feel a little comfortable, like I might start to exercise or know my way around, but I'm usually just taking, taking, taking. But I feel like I've spent so much time here. I've built friendships with people and I feel like I add something to New York, even if it's a small little tiny slice, it's something. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. So um, did you have a crystallizing moment when you realized, oh, wow, I'm a New Yorker? Mm. I was doing an internship at MTV and taking the subway to Times Square every day, which kind of sucked. But I do remember listening um, to or like reading a book on my Kindle, The Martian by Andy Weir on the Mm -hmm. subway. And I just like looked up while reading this book and just like felt like I belonged on the subway for the first time. And I was like a commuter. So I was like a young kid trying to figure out MTV internship stuff, but I felt like a New Yorker for that moment. Yeah, that's beautiful. And what are some of your stereotypes for New Yorkers before you officially came to the city that were right or wrong? (laughs) We're blunt. I love like videos online of people around the streets of New York because there's like a whole genre of people just like not really getting in fights but just like random interactions with people on the sidewalks in Manhattan is such a New York thing like we don't hate each other but we're very blunt to each other and we'll yell and scream and like talk but then just walk away (laughs) (laughs) so true Yeah, we we do. We say it as it is and we will just like walk away after a fight. It's such a weird, weird attitude. And it's everyone, you know, it's like every type of person is just mixed on the streets, on the sidewalks, and you get to interact with everyone. It's so wonderful. I totally agree. And so do you think that New York City is good for creatives and creating your own path? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super competitive, but in a good way. Um, It can get a little relentless, the amount of... I always have to be doing something. I'm going to this event, then that event, then that event. Like I've talked to people in California who have to drive or, you know, it's a little harder to get around in different cities. So they'll go to like one party or one event. And then if that wraps up, they go home. But in New York, you just like kind of combo. Like you, you try to do as many things as you can. And if you look on your map and you see like this person's here on Google Maps, like I'll stop by and say hi. If I know this person has a studio here, I'll stop by, say hi. You know, a lot of stuff to do. I, I totally agree. Um, so do you do you feel like you would be as successful as you are today if you lived anywhere other than New York? Hmm. I it's weird looking in hindsight. I guess you know my type of video I create right now is a little different than what it started out being. Um, I would like to be a little closer to nature, but then again, we have three airports, so it's kind of nice to just chill here and then jet off to work. And then when I'm in New York, I'm just hanging out. Yeah. And so you mentioned your videos have changed. So I was, I was scrolling back and watching some of your old videos, um, like hiking a hundred miles alone in Sweden and some of your old New York city videos. And can you talk me through sort of how your videos have changed, but you, you've also, I didn't realize had a hiking video even four years ago. Yeah. I've been hiking all my life, but it just recently within the past eight months has become more of a focus just because that's what I'm into right now. I just want to hike. But at one point, you know, when we became friends, I was very much doing the Casey Neistat New York City vlog thing. 
And I guess that was more following trends and letting other people decide what I wanted to do with my content. But uh, it was still fun. It still got me to where I am now, but it was definitely a different phase. Yeah. And you did a video of like, stop Casey Neistat vlogging. And like, what was maybe a moment or, uh, you know, tell me more about how, how you transitioned to find your own voice. Yeah, I think everyone has to kind of go through this if they're creative. You know, it's much easier and low risk to just copy what's successful. It takes a bit more courage and more effort and work to, you know, take a leap and do something that nobody else is doing. Uh, And I had never seen a silent hiking film before. I was kind of got so tired of just other travel people talking so much in their videos. I just wanted a moment of peace of mind. Uh, And then I just started making more relaxing videos. So I think that was a little different than before. Absolutely. I love that. And I think, I think I was listening to your most recent, some of your most recent podcasts and you were saying, you know, you don't want to be that influencer that uploads all the same things that doesn't goof. So tell me more about like how you add like the goofs. Cause I love when you're like dancing in the hiking video and stuff like that, you add your personality. Yeah. I, I am constantly messing around with my roommate. Uh, if I hang out with my brother in Colorado or wherever, you know, we're always making jokes. So the hiking videos may not show that aspect and I'd like to figure out a way to show that in some way, whether it's just maybe just the audio with the podcast that I'm doing or some other type of video, but the goofs, the little weird quirky jokes, the memes were definitely a part of the older videos for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I think you do it in subtle ways with like little captions or things like that. But I, I totally agree. More goof, the more goof, the better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it like to be a minimalist in New York City? Talk me through that. Yeah, so I'm in my apartment right now. Um, I could put everything that I own into a backpack and then dip off. You know, you know I have a mattress and a desk and some other plants but I don't really need them. So it'd be pretty easy to just put them up for adoption on the sidewalk. (laughs) Uh, But it was a gradual uh, movement towards minimalism over the last two years. Um, I had some life changes and I just wanted some more freedom in my life. So started eliminating distractions and figuring out the things that I do value and then just focusing solely on those. And now I'm here. Yeah, no, I think that's so awesome. And it's been such a fun journey to see you, um, you know, through your minimalist journey and tell me more about like digital minimalism and, and can, I, I feel like it is kind of soon. And, and I also didn't realize until I was listening to your recent podcast, um, that you had your YouTube hacked and, um, it was bad timing that you had just, you know, gone through a digital minimalism <laughs> cleanse. And <laughs> tell me more about that and how, you know, yeah. how you got through that. Yeah. So for minimalism, for me, it's all about testing. So I'm constantly pushing the limits and sometimes going over the edge a little bit more than I should. And right at the moment when I got rid of my Instagram, got rid of my podcast, got rid of my website, basically everything except my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel got hacked. I I lost access to it and then the person deleted it. So I lost everything, my entire income for a moment, a few days. And then I also lost every opportunity for me to explain to my audience what was going on. So it was a a strange 72 hours, 
but I had some friends who have friends in high places, so they got it fixed. Everything is back to normal after about a month, but it was a little scary. Uh, but it made me realize, you know, maybe I should have an Instagram just as a to diversify my social media portfolio. <laughs> Totally. No, I, oh my gosh, my heart goes out to you because it is, I think you said it's a portfolio and your job. Like it's, uh, it's, it's so, it's your degree and your job. It's so, so much more than just a YouTube. It's ugh, like, I can't imagine losing that and then not having your Instagram to post about it and tell everyone it's, it's just crazy. So I like completely commend you for getting through that and, and, you know, dealing with all of that on the back end. Um, so yeah, what are yeah. the lessons that you social, learned? Social media accounts are just email lists with different flavors, you know, yeah. it, it's basically just an opt-in list of people who have signed up to receive something So in a way, they're kind of like assets, they're investments that, you know, get better over time. And in an instant, you could delete it or lose it. And that's like someone stealing (laughs) like company stock out from underneath you. So you got to protect them. Amazing analogy. And are there any lessons that you learned that could help others protect their own social accounts? Uh, I've tried to see the, you know, the good in this, uh, like I restarted my Instagram, but I feel like it's even better than before. Like I'm getting two thirds, uh, open rate on my IG story. So I, I think it's a good thing. You know, I have also stepped up my security. Um, I was pretty, pretty, very meticulous with my digital space, my accounts, my passwords before, but now I've reached, what I call Snowden level, <laughs> very protected. That's awesome. No, that's important. And I, I, everyone, please follow Craig Adams on Instagram if you haven't already. He, you know, it's a new account. So I also just, I, I clicked follow and I was like, wait a minute, something looks different. I'm like, you know, so make sure that you're following <laughs> again. <laughs> and new number, who this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so tell me more about New York City. Do you have a favorite New York City neighborhood? Yeah, I live in Bushwick and I've been here for about four years. But to be honest, I've lived in Brooklyn all my life. I've bounced around Crown Heights, Williamsburg, you know, this area. And I've just fallen in love with the coffee shops, the people, the restaurants, the little parks. Um, There's such an industrial warehouse vibe (laughs) to the outskirts of Bushwick. And I really like it because you can walk around and you know, not too much traffic except for the occasional cement truck, but it's, it's just like chill because there are little gems. Like I think the best, best breakfast in all of New York city is Carthage must be destroyed. It's like a, it's like a really good brunch spot out here. And then Roberta's pizza and so many good coffee shops like City of Saints. Oh man, love it. Oh, I love it. That sounds awesome. I'm adding those to my list. Um, what uh, what are some of your favorite places for like walks and views um, in New York City? Yeah, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts and I'm a hiker. So when I'm in New York City, I'm trying to at least get, you know, five or six miles in a day. So I do frequently walk from Bushwick all the way to Williamsburg. And back. That's my favorite walk to do. Like I'll run to the bridge and back if I do that. 
I know you did a episode with Jeremy. I love to run with Jeremy. He's my running partner in Brooklyn. So we'll, we'll do the bridge and back every so often. That's awesome. No, I, I've tried running and I, I, I'm not a runner, but I like love that you guys, that's a great run. That's a great route. Amazing. <laughs> There's something about just like going, running up what is like probably four or five stories at the mid of the Williamsburg Bridge. And you just have this expansive view of upper Manhattan and then lower Manhattan. And that's, if you want to feel like a New Yorker, go on a run over the Williamsburg Bridge and you'll have a special little moment there for sure. Agreed. I The Williamsburg Bridge is one of my favorites because I, I feel like it's so underappreciated and not a lot of tourists go there. So it's kind of nice. It's just quieter, beautiful views. I love it. One, 100 times better than the Brooklyn Bridge. In my I opinion. agree, especially because of like, I love the the columns of red, like just, it's just a really, I don't know, beautiful, beautiful bridge. Ugh. And plus they separate the bikes from the people walking so you don't get run over for the midsection, you know? The Brooklyn Bridge is insanity. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah, because when it was invented, there wasn't the bike traffic that there was now. Oh, it's crazy. I know, I know you're always doing photo shoots up there and I know Brett is always up there at like 4 a.m. every other week doing meetups. I, I don't want to go over there. You, you guys can have it if you keep going, but I'll take the Williamsburg Bridge. <laughs> it's so true. No, I go because like, you know, for a sponsored, you know, post or something like that, I, I know that a photo of the Brooklyn Bridge will always do well. And it's it, unfortunately like it's, I know it'll do well. <laughs> Mm. Um, but yeah, well. yeah. So do you have any, um, uh, so as, as I'm also mentioning like sponsorships, um, I know that you've also talked real, you've done so many good talks about like, you know, sponsored content and, and how you balance that, um, and finding balance in your own life and, and creating content. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, uh, get so many questions in Instagram DM and then YouTube comments and then emails that if I get one question over and over and over again, you know, that forces me to kind of make a YouTube video tutorial, or in this case, more recently, a podcast all about that topic. And, you know, my journey getting sponsorship deals, how I've dealt with them, the pros and cons, and then what advice I would have for younger creators. And it starts at the beginning, you know, you're, your friends and family are your first sponsors. Like you can look at everyone as the same. Like you, you just treat them like people who want something and they opt in and you make that promise and you just have to keep it. And so, you know, a circle. And then next, like other creators can be your sponsors per se. Like it's almost like you're making a commercial for people to follow their stuff. And, uh, yeah. And then you can start making sponsorships for brands without even them asking <laughs> and that could make you money through affiliate. You know, there's, there's a whole layer of it just keeps getting more and more, um, you know, the stakes are raised, but it all starts at the beginning, pretty much with the same thing. Just make a promise, keep a promise, make a promise, keep a promise. But if you want an hour and a half of me, <laughs> very more, more, much more elegantly talking about this, you can check out my podcast, craigadams.com. Yes. No, I love that. I totally agree. It's so, so well said. And I think that you have great perspective on it. And you're also such an expert at affiliate revenue. I think that's amazing. You're one of the first people on kit. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you built up? affiliate revenue yeah um i think people 
once once you start getting an audience and building trust, you know, you can recommend products or services and uh, they'll buy it. So you just have to make that process as easy as possible. So I would build a website that had like a grid photo layout and people could just click on images about the tools and the things that I would use, the cameras, mics to shoot my videos and, you know, make it very easy for people to click in the descriptions of YouTube videos. And whenever people would reach out to me asking for advice about what to buy, you know, I become their own personal shopping concierge. <laughs> so you just have to be helpful. It, it just comes down to that. Ah, totally. I, I love that. And I think that affiliate revenue is something that you're, you're so good at and you've tapped into. And it's another way, especially right now, um, to, you know, uh, continue sustaining a YouTube career. Um, so now, unfortunately, in this quarantine, how are you were supposed to be on a four month PCT hike um, and you had other travel plans lined up? How are you um, pivoting right now? And what types of content do you think you'll be creating in quarantine? Yeah, the plan was to definitely be living out of a backpack, to not have the apartment that I'm in right now, and then to just be, you know, hopping from trail to trail. And then the four-month hike would have taken a while, but that would have been a bunch of videos. My plan, if I can get out, I'm not even sure if I'll be able to fly or travel within the next month or two or three or four. <laughs> uh, I, you know, my plan hopefully would be to make a bunch of smaller videos that kind of break up the PCT because it's still socially acceptable for me to do smaller hikes, but doing a four month hike is frowned upon. And the association that oversees the PCT uh, hike, like told everyone basically don't do it. So, um, but right now I'm, I'm just in my apartment. I'm, Chillaxin. I'm going through old footage and I do have some outlines just talking about different topics about hiking. So I did shoot um, like a 25 minute, uh, very dense tutorial, breaking down like the clothes that I wear hiking. And I'm adding B-roll from all of my past videos over on top of it. So it's like a very, very highly edited podcast with B-roll that I'm thinking about uploading to YouTube. It's a little different than the silent hiking films that I've uploaded, but it's the same footage. So I think people might like it. Um, and then there's just infinite things that I could talk. I could go back and do my favorite food that I ate on trail. I could talk about all the animals that I found. I could talk about what are my tips for sleeping in sleeping bags and tents and liners and stuff like that. So there's work to do, but I'm just hanging out. <laughs> Definitely. No, I love that. I think that totally makes sense. And like using the footage that you already have makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any other tips for especially filmmakers and, and wedding filmmakers right now, which is a weird place to be in? Mm, yeah, I have definitely stopped thinking about weddings <laughs> uh, since I sold the channel over a year now, I think. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've, def I've definitely fallen out of all of those communities. Um, I'm pretty hikey or pretty happy with the hiking community who's accepted me. I've been on a couple podcasts talking to a couple different hikers. They're all pretty chill, but we're all a little bummed out right now that we can't go. But as far as advice, just, uh, you know, start a podcast, <laughs> talk to people, record, 
just keep doing it. Absolutely. No, I think that's great advice. And, um, totally. So right now, you know, we, we are very limited as to, you know, what we can do around New York. What have you seen even just going to the grocery store? Um, you know, before and after COVID-19, what have you seen in New York? Yeah. The grocery store that I go to Mr. Kiwi, it's an adorable, uh, grocery store that's a little higher end, but still has all the fruits and veggies that you need. Um, I'm definitely cooking way more, but every so often I'll see entire uh, rows of food and groceries cleaned out, which I'd never seen before. That was a little alarming, but the food keeps coming. You know, there's just higher demand. And uh, I see everyone with masks. At seven o'clock, everyone claps. Um, You can hear it through the windows. It's pretty loud every, every day at seven. Um, you know, all the coffee shops, most of them are closed, but there are a couple gems that are staying open and you can just, you know, one at a time, go in there, grab a cup and leave. Um, yeah, but all the restaurants are closed. So I'm, I'm really cooking a lot, you know, kind of have to. So, yeah, yeah, no, I've never cooked so much and I'm like challenging myself to figure out recipes because I didn't realize how much I eat out living in New York. It's, it's fascinating to to really challenge ourselves to cook more. Um, yeah. So what, mm-hmm. what do you think is your, you know, what, what do you see New York learning from this and, and how do you think New York will reopen and, and be different? Hmm. Yeah. I think there's going to be a long lasting, um, irrational fear, kind of like a flinch whenever you see a lot of people close in a large group. Even though there won't, you know, it won't be a risk. I think we're just going to kind of have like shell shock that, you know, oh, why are they in a a tight group together? Like, oh, I don't know if I should touch this person. Um, I think the handshake might have, you know, a a change. I think, I don't know, it, it depends on different groups of people, but I could picture not really wanting to shake hands with people in the future, like more of like a other kind of greeting might become more commonplace, uh, you know, little social things like that. I think society is actually going to change after this, but you know, we'll get back to business as usual. Things will be booming again. Everyone will go back, but there'll still be that little lingering fear. I think just a little bit, a little worry. I totally agree. I was on my rooftop yesterday and I met someone who lives, you know, like down the hall from me. Um, and I just, you know, went to shake them ha- their hands like, oh, hey, I'm in this. And then like we both are like, oh, no, we can't do that. Um, and I still think that you're right. Like we're going to have to figure out a different handshake to initiate because I, I like I'm such a hugging person. It, ma- it makes me sad that like we, you know, we'll have to figure out a better way to like introduce ourselves to people and things like that. But um, yeah, I think New York will definitely reopen stronger and um, it will be different in in crowds of people. Like, you know, what will Times Square look like where, you know, you used to be able to you could barely walk through because there were so many crowds of people. I do wonder how will tourists revisit the city and, and how much space will they, you know, demand in different ways? Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's definitely t- to be figured out. But I, I hope that it'll it'll happen. I'll reopen soon and I'll get better soon. Um, but what are your biggest lessons that you sort of hope, like, you know, out, out of all of this that we, we hope humanity learns from this? Hmm. 
Yeah, to save some money. Don't always think that everything's going to be awesome and perfect. You know, the people who are doing okay right now are the people who saved up and uh, prepared in some sense, you know, a relief fund in some way. Uh, this is definitely going to be a recession. So if you do have any kind of capital, now's the time to invest. Um, but a lot of people are hurting uh, just because they weren't able to save up. Um, but, you know, I think millennials and younger people in general just don't, they've never had anything like this. Like I've never really had a hardship like this. Like 2018 was nothing compared to this. And uh, I think it's, you know, there's always some kind of good that comes out of this and it's, the realization that it can happen and we do need to help each other. It, it sucks that this is such a a crazy situation because usually in times of trouble like this, people come together and work together, but we literally cannot meet up in person. So the best benefit that comes out of hardship like 9-11 and any other huge disasters is that people come together physically in groups and help each other. But we can't. So it's like a really crazy time. So I, I do, like you said, I miss hugging. I miss hanging out with people, but we'll get back to there. We'll, we'll do it. It'll be fine. I totally agree. I think that it'll it'll just be a matter of time. And I feel like there's so much more love between neighbors, even though it's in a different way. Like you said, it's, you know, I'm meeting people in my own building that I never would have met. And, you know, we're connecting in d new ways and connecting all through the phone, through Zoom, through different, you know, live videos and things like that. So, I think it's yeah, yeah. amazing. Visiting each other's yeah. islands, islands on the Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's just, a, it's a new world of connections, and I'm excited to see how it how it continues to change and evolve. Um, any last words of inspiration? A lot of people who listen to my podcast are, you know, aspirational to want to move to New York, want to live in New York, and things like that. And I know it's hard right now to imagine that. Um, but any other last words of inspiration? inspiration for uh, New York lovers and, and people who want to eventually live here. Mm, yeah. It's hard. Wow. I like, I've been here for so long, but there are still places that I'm still discovering in New York. Um, and yeah. And, and like, it gets to a point where you can walk by a place and feel a special connection to it, even though it's just a building. So it, it is definitely a place that is special. And I think you should at least try it. It's pretty, I, I don't know, maybe it's easier for a minimalist to come and go as I, I please, but I think you should at least try a year, especially a spring. Spring is the best in New York. Like it's just getting nice now. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I love this type of weather and this, when the flowers, flowering trees are happening. So I'm like, you know, looking back at all that, that footage I have right now of like Central Park from last year and I'm like loving it. Oh, smelling the lilacs. There is a lilac tree or bush or whatever. I don't know. I was smelling it and it smelled so good, but I felt like an idiot because I was like just out smelling flowers. And it was so nice. Oh my God. Please make a video of that. Like that, I feel like people would love it. <laughs> <laughs> just me walking around New York smelling flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is the perfect time to walk, walk around your neighborhood and smell, smell the flowers, literally. <laughs> I miss petting the dogs though. I did strike up a conversation with a person outside who had a dog and I pet her dog from six feet away. And I think the dog had no idea what was going on, but it still was a nice gesture and I miss petting dogs that I see. <laughs> 
That's beautiful. I also miss petting dogs. I'm such a dog person. Every time I see a dog, I'm like, oh, dog. Like when I'm recording a video, I'll like stop recording because I'm just like, oh, can I pet this dog? And yeah, I think that we need to figure out a way to still pet dogs with while, while keeping six feet. I, I like your idea of just like pet them <laughs> virtually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. This has been so great connecting. Love it. We can all still connect over the podcast and over audio. Of course. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And where do we find and follow you? Uh, just Google Craig Adams or craigadams.com has everything. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more NYC resources like ebooks and videos, visit nyclocalguides.com. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Thank you.